The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. of the Starting Five with You podcast. As always, Preston Meyer, your host of the most. And tonight we have Alan Thomas, the one and only owner of T-Shirt Hooligan. And, and, and Alan, I, I think the criteria that, that I look for this time of year, yes, we could have recruiting experts on. Yes, we can have people who are kind of behind the scenes in the know on. But but really what, what I am looking for and the reason that I'll have Jacob on a lot, the reason I want to have you on is because, number one, the criteria that I want to meet is I want somebody who has been a lifelong fan. I want somebody who is really passionate about about this, and that you know the the history of global basketball, right? Like I think that's so important when you bring you know national recruiting analysts in, or you bring in a guy who you know doesn't know global basketball in and out like we do, then it's going to be difficult to kind of provide context. I think that that there's a lot of that that's needed in in these discussions. You know, a little bit more nuance. And secondly, I just want somebody who you know 
can talk basketball. And I, I think that, that you're a person who, if you don't know, if you don't follow Alan on Twitter, make sure you do so. Uh, but but you're, you're a person who can not only provide context, but you can provide uh, solid information. You're somebody who really follows this closely. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, immediately, I just want to get right into, you know, what, what Louisville basketball uh, is looking like. Uh, you know, this is kind of our, our third iteration of this, right? Just so about every, you know, week, week and a half, we want to get together, look at what the transfer portal looks like, look at what Louisville basketball's roster looks like and, and how the staff is trying to mold that, how they're kind of trying to construct this roster. And, and so when, when I look at the players that we know that Louisville has reached out to in the portal, players are starting to fall off pretty quickly, right? So we've seen Khalif Battle, which is a guy that we talked about quite a bit, he committed to Arkansas. Uh, you have a guy in Sean Conway from VMI. He went to St. John's. Reese Dixon Waters, another guy that, that I really like from USC, defensive player of the year in the Pac-12, went to San Diego State. I think that's a perfect fit for a guy like that. Uh, you got Caleb Love, a guy that we talked about a lot uh, at Michigan. Davion McKnight, a Western Kentucky guy that people wanted, went to the Savior. Keon Minifield, a guy that, that we thought might have been a lock to Louisville, went to Washington. Uh, and then we got Kwasier Reeves, a guy that we didn't talk about as much, or the guy that, that ultimately ended up uh, at Georgia Tech. So quite a few names off the board. Uh, all of those guys are guys that we have at least mentioned and maybe even talked in depth about. So so let me ask you, I mean, is this something that the fans should be concerned about or, or, or is it, you know, in your opinion, not really a big deal? Um, I think anybody that uh, is going to listen to this that does follow me on Twitter will, will, will tell you what I'm about to say is that I'm, I'm not worried about it just because, it, unfortunately, we went out and landed three big names and, and, you know, very exciting names back to back to back. And since then, it's been pretty quiet, as some of our colleagues point out to us on a daily basis. And uh, that can, and understandably, that can freak people out. I think if you would have gotten Sky Clark, Dennis Evans, I think you, you would have really excited the fan base and then given a little time. At, but I think Trenton Flowers, I think the way the staff did it was to line it up that way to have a really big week to start the momentum. Um, I don't think they've necessarily lost momentum. They may have been outbid here and there. And, and you know, to your point, like, so many guys have come off the board and a couple that we, like, Keon Minifield, like, when his name popped up, I was like, oh, you know, how about that, you know? But the more buzz you saw around him, I'm like, man, I think they're going to pull this off. It really felt that way. And when you didn't get him, I think that's when everybody started to really get sour. And, and the only reason they're sour is because we saw this last year. And so people kind of have that P PTSD that we've had since 2000, whatever, 17, 14 or whenever it was when all when all the, the shit hit the fan. So this is still kind of like piggybacking all that. We're still healing as a fan base. When you see something like this, like Reard's ugly head, it's easy to forget about, Scott, that you potentially brought in by the end of the year, potentially three starters, you know, in one week. I'm not saying they're, they're going to start, you know every game or one game, but I'm just saying potentially they could be, you know, three starters uh, based on what Kenny Payne and the staff are trying to put together. Um, but yeah, looking across the transfer portal right now, you know, there's, there's guys out there that, you know, we can elaborate on, you know, for, for the next, you know, little bit of the segment guys that are really exciting and guys that it makes you wonder, you know, what their intentions are. And, and uh, before I pass it back to you, you know, to go back and forth, you know, I'll just say that like, I am so tired of Arkansas basketball and, I think it really hit home today because L. Ellis was to me like I, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but like just a special place because he carried us, man, so many times. You know, not just this year, but last year. I mean, there were games we shouldn't have won or been even close to being in. We would have gotten beat by Paolo, Paolo 
I'm going to say his name, but pa- Paolo Banchero. Banchero, by, yeah. By about 40 points if it wasn't for L. Ellis last year. And he literally carried us because he's got – he plays with a lot of heart and probably a good spot for, for him at, at Arkansas. But I don't know. I mean, I think the style is good. I just don't know if there's enough, like, I don't know, room on the um, on the floor for everybody. That's my, that's my only worry for him. And it is a worry now because like, I feel like he was one of ours. and like, oh, there he goes, you know. But that's the transfer portal now. And um, I talked to you earlier about it a little bit. I, I don't really like the way the transfer portal is is trending and – uh, that's that's a topic for another day, I guess. I, I think that you bring up a lot of good points, Alan. I think that there's one thing that, that fans need to have a good grasp of and, and understand a little bit about the transfer portal. And, and, and that's, number one, that Louisville is operating on a complete, completely different playing field this year compared to last year. And, and immediately, I think people, will, it will come to mind for them that Louisville doesn't have the NCAA quote-unquote dark cloud over them, right? Uh, but that's not even necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about that that Louisville really got to got off to a late start as far as just recruiting as a whole last season. Uh, if you look at, at this year, you know, we talked about the three commitments from, from Flowers, from Clark, and Dennis Evans in about a 10-day period of time. All of those happened before Kenny Payne had even hired his entire staff last season. Uh, so last year they were really off to a, 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 they were just kind of behind the eight ball. And yes, I know Payne was hired before the, technically the, the end of the NCAA tournament, but uh, at, at that point he had not, you know, had a chance to really uh, gain his footing, hire the rest of the rest of his staff, get acclimated, get settled. Like, even if, you know, you're, you know, hitting the ground running, uh, you're still kind of behind the eight ball uh, as it is. So that, that's the first thing that people should understand is that, there's still an entire month at the time of, of us having this conversation, Alan, that, 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 that players can still enter the portal. Uh, so there will be players that we don't even know about uh, that the staff might, yeah, the, the staff might know about, you know, that people talk and it doesn't necessarily have to be players to coaches, but, but a, a player's family member or a player's uh, you know, the coach of that player or the trainer of that player, whoever it is, it could be anybody. It could be their aunt, their uncle, their grandma, you know, whatever those, those people are still in touch with the staff. There's still lines of communication. Right. And so people are still are familiar with, with players that could enter the portal. Like those are things that people are, that the staff is always watching for. And so I, I think fans see that, that this, that Louisville has quote unquote reached out. Right. And I, I think this is the other thing that, that people need to understand about the portal. People are saying that, that, the, that the staff has reached out. Right. But that could mean so many things. That's just a, a recruiting quote unquote expert, which these guys do know a lot more than, than most than the average person. But they are basically just going by the player's word that the staff has spoken to them. And that's it. That's not a legitimate scholarship offer. That's not a visit to campus. That's not a, an established relationship. There's so much more than just offering. And we, we make the joke about about Arkansas, you know, reaching out to all these, you know, every kid that enters the transfer portal, it seems like. And at this point, it's 90 plus people. Uh, but but look at what Arkansas is doing. They, they've landed uh, five very high level guards in the transfer portal. So there there might be you know kind of a method that could be the method to their madness, right? But ultimately, that doesn't mean that every person that that is heard from Arkansas is considering Arkansas. You know, some of these kids have 20, 30 team lists where it could just be, hey, this is you know Coach Kenny Payne. I'd be interested in talking to you more about your future, and that's it. And then, then they can go to somebody and, and they don't even have to be telling the truth either. 
This is all just hearsay at this point. So I think that's something that people should consider. You know, we go over this, this list of players, right? We talked about Cleef Battle. We talked about Sean Conway, Reese Dix- Dixon Waters, Caleb Love, Davion McKnight, Keelan Minifield, and Kwasi Reeves. Like, of those guys, like, you know, we, we pretty much know, you know, there are multiple reports out that, that Louisville, quote-unquote, put feelers out for a guy like Davion McKnight. But the reality was they probably thought that they were getting a guy like Keon Minifield, right? And so, so you know, Davion McKnight kind of falls to the wayside, and that's a relationship that never really developed. So even though people are like, oh, Louisville, you know, Louisville swings and misses again, the reality is it sounds like, you know, the staff kind of made a, you know, made contact with, with Davion McKnight, as most high-level schools in the country did. But the reality is that, that they probably didn't establish a relationship past that. They reached out. They're trying to see what he's looking for. Uh, and, and ultimately, it has to be a fit for both parties. This moves much quicker than, than the recruiting process, right? Uh, recruiting process, when, you're, when the staff was recruiting Trenton Flowers, you know, that's a, a year, year and a half relationship of, of calls and texts almost every single day, I'm sure, of, of the staff visiting him, him visiting the staff, him getting on campus. And see, like, that is a whole process. Like, that's a relationship that's cultivated over the course of years. Whereas in this transfer portal, you know, the staff's reaching out, trying to get it, get a hold of, of as many people as, as they possibly can. And some of these kids will just mention, hey, yeah, I talked to, you know, Danny Manning from Louisville, uh, but it could have just been like two texts. So I think that's something that, that people need to understand. You know, it's not necessarily swinging and missing. But in the case, the only exception so far that, I, that I'll say is with, with Keon, Keon Minifield. I think that the staff had a, a, a pretty good inclination that they were going to get him. And then it sounded like uh, Arkansas kind of swooped in, had a better offer, if you will. Um, and, and ultimately, that's what sold him. The, the one other thing that I would say as well about this, just the, the new way that college basketball, college football and college sports as a whole operate uh, is the way the NIL functions, right? People are saying, you know, tampering, tampering, tampering. The reality is the coaches cannot reach out and, and, and specifically talk to a player who is not officially in the transfer portal. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Secondly, it, it doesn't take a coach talking to a player and it doesn't take the university talking to a player for a player to receive funding, if you will, or receive an NIL deal from, from an NIL conglomeration, if you will, or an NIL organization like the 502 Circle, right? So the, what, what, what's happening with the 502 Circle is they're working uh, congruently with, with the university, right? And, and then those people are going back and, you know, they're, it's, I wouldn't say handlers. I'm not sure if that's the correct terminology, but essentially they're, they're building relationships with these players as well, talking about what the opportunities are at Louisville uh, and then kind of going back to the staff and, and, and having those discussions there. And I don't even know if it's just the, the basketball staff. Like, I'm not sure that anybody at the 502 Circle is ever having conversations with Kenny Payne. But they could be having conversations with someone who is related to Kenny Payne and then kind of just relaying that message. And so that's kind of the way these things, these things work. A lot of people will say that's kind of how things worked behind the scenes before any of this was quote unquote legal. Uh, but, but now it can kind of be done in, in, in broad daylight, right? Uh, but but I, I think that that's what people, you know, fail to, even, even me and you, Alan, if we were talking about it, would say, you know, Louisville offered this or Louisville offered that or Arkansas offered this. But the reality is that there's a lot more in play than just a coach, you know, calling a, a guy at Florida from Louisville and saying, hey, I'll give you $100,000 if you come play for me. There's a lot more that goes into that, right? You know, they're, they're going back and forth about, okay, well, you know, here's here are the, you know, stipulations that you'll have to meet, you know. 
we're going to do billboards. We're going to do commercials. We're going to do, you know, this company would like you to be the face of their brand. Those are the kind of conversations that are had. And that's why I think the NIL part is cool. Like it's, it's a, it's an opportunity to actually represent yourself, which was not allowed in, in college athletics from the beginning of time. So in in that as in that aspect, things are, are awesome. And I, I, I think that, that the waters will begin to settle and even out over the course of the, of the next couple of years, because there's not going to be, there's this immediate influx of money. Right. Uh, but, but, but the reality is with, with the exception of maybe the very top, top schools, like in Arkansas with the Walmart money or a Texas with the oil money, that kind of stuff, or a Miami with the, you know, the, whatever that guy is, the, the sugar daddy billionaire money, right? That those are the, the there will be exceptions to that rule. But I, I think a lot of this early money is coming in and it's coming in heavy because people are just getting acclimated and realizing that, that as, as a fan or a booster uh, that has a little bit of money to, to spare, that they can actually influence, you know, the way that their team looks on the court. So I think it, it kind of works both ways. You're getting the fans more involved and, and, and you're getting the, the student athletes absolutely more involved. So uh, a couple of things that I just wanted to throw out there because you hear a lot of what I would call misinformation coming out about this. And I just want to kind of just like take a second to, to back up and say, okay, well, look, number one with the portal thing, there's a lot more to it, right? And just, just as you indicated, Alan, there's a lot more to it. But, but secondly, th- there's just so much information and so much that is left to be understood about NIL when the reality is that, you know, a lot of this is completely legal, but it doesn't occur the way that people make it out to be. You know, there's not direct negotiations between U of L and, and a lot of these players, but sometimes things happen like a Keon, Keon Minifield where the staff really thinks that they're going to hit a home run. Arkansas just, you know, they valued him financially more than Louisville did. And what we're going to get into now is, is the fact that, there's just a lot more opportunities that are, that are going to come from this. You know, we, we talked a lot about guards, but I, I think that the conversation kind of starts now. There's two names that have really either stuck around or surfaced recently. So obviously we know a lot about Churchill Abbas at this point, right? Churchill Abbas is a guy, NBA Africa, who, who the staff has been after for a while. Kenny Payne actually went over and, and watched not only a bass, but, but a bunch of players from the classes of 2023 to 2026, that kind of range in the NBA Africa. And it, I guess it's, it's the NBA, you know, there, there's a few others, you know, there's like an NBA Latin America, I believe as well, but all those teams were together in Senegal, uh, which is where Churchill Abbas and potentially his future teammate, Emmanuel Okorafor, um are, are from. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of where I would want to get the conversation started, you know, Churchill Abbas, what, what's your opinion on, on what he brings to the table? What, why could Louisville use a player like that? Like, why is the staff after this guy so hard? Yeah, well, first of all, man, I, I don't think it should get lost in the sauce. What you just did with that breakdown, and I'll answer the Churchill Abbas because I, uh, I do – there are things I like and dislike are exciting are, but and things I am excited about um, with his game. But I think what you just did with the NIL breakdown is I, something I've – I've never heard. I listen to a lot of sports radio. I listen to a few podcasts when I can, right? Because like sports radio, my shows, like I'm I'm getting to that age where I'm like, I got like a little bit of Diener work, and then I got a little bit of Maven, then I have to go then work, and then like I'll the V show, you know, and then like the drive, and that's not to shit on anybody else's show, but I've heard only twenty four hours in a day. Yeah, yeah, and 
all the respect. I mean, everybody I just mentioned on all those shows and those stations, those two, that station, those stations specifically are like primo content guys and like are, are page turners. But I think what you just did and the listener is going to hear this with the breakdown of NIL, like that's literally how the and I, how, how NIL and the transfer portal connects, it's literally what people love and hate about the transfer portal the most. It's what like people like me, like I was telling you, like I'm kind of sour about the transfer portal, but it's because of watching LL is just bam, somebody got a hold of him and like off he went. You know what I mean? That's just the name of the game now. But I thought you, man, I thought you broke that down. That was like story time. And I, I really thought that, I mean, there should be, there should be an article or a book about about a short story about what you how you just broke that down that was incredible on to churchill bass the videos that sticks out at at me is where he's he's he said he would dunk on he didn't care if the guy was seven foot five he'd dunk on him and that's going to excite louisville fans we, we need a guy like that we need a bruiser down there so all those things like I, you know on twitter i've been very excited about you know anytime he pops up like you need somebody down there with we need the attitude back too so that's another thing that the program is missing over these years. A lot of people say Montrez Harrell. I, I would slow down with that one, but I think he does have a ceiling. Um, Churchill does because he's not afraid down there. And he's very, you know, he's got that confident swag about him. He's really not a good shooter. And I, I can see him getting into foul trouble just, just the way he plays. I'm not saying that Kenny and staff can't curb that. Um, you can't improve upon that because, but it is one of those things. And I watched this with, uh, you know, with Peyton's AAU team is there's a couple kids that I'm like, you just play that way or you don't. And some of them just play that way and they get four fouls. They might, might foul out like every game, but they'll get, they'll do what they're supposed to do down there. And is it wor worth it? It's worth it. You know, on the scoreboard, is it worth it in the stat, on the stat sheet? Absolutely. And you have other guys that are going to play off and, you know, swipe at the ball and be a little smarter because they know that, you know, they need to be the floor general and things like that. And he won't have to worry about that. So, um, that's not a major concern, but that's what you're getting with Churchill Bass. He's a very physical dude. Not that anybody doesn't know that already, but very raw. You know, we've, we've seen, um, I, I think with JJ, um, I, I'll just use JJ because he's, he plays the same uh, position. JJ's not incredible, you know, to watch. You have to watch him up and down the floor. He's not incredible, but there have been flashes last year that I thought, man, if he could just keep that up, you know, like, he, like if he played with a mean streak like that, because he can play with a mean streak. I think he can get there. Now, you know, he was raw as heck before last season. I think uh, Kenny did a great job with him. Or probably Danny Manning had a lot of work in that. I mean, I know Danny, um, over, throughout his career, you know, he had to harness a lot of things, and it made him great. Not comparing anybody to Danny Manning, by the way. But I think with big guys, like, it's good to have him on the staff. And I hope that he can uh, rebuild his career, not that it's broken or anything like that. But, yeah, that's what you're getting with Churchill, a bass. So, so yeah, you, you talked about J.J. Trainer. I mean, I, I think that's a solid comparison. But I, I think that his potential future teammate in, in Manny Akorafor is kind of the perfect example of there was a point in the season where we were just like, F it, don't take him off the court play Emmanuel core for until he gets five fouls because the, the hustle, the energy, the effort, just the difference that that made for a team like, like how Louisville was had established its, its identity last year uh, was, it was vital. Uh, and and I, I know that people will laugh at that because it was a team that won four games. And, and to be quite honest, they were, were very, very bad last year. Uh, but, but you saw immediately the difference that that a player like that made uh, just by you know clocking eight to ten minutes, like uh, the the energy that that he can bring to a team, 
by, you know, saving, you know, diving for balls out of bounds by, you know, he might make a mistake, but he's going to follow that up by, you know, getting his own rebound and, and trying to put it back up or, uh, you know, he might miss a defensive assignment, but he's going to make up for that by chasing, chasing it down and blocking the shot. Like there, there, there was so much to admire about the way that, that Manny Okorafor played last year. And I think that Churchill Bass is a little bit more polished version of that. Like he's still very raw and, and people will mention that, but I mean, one huge thing that Emmanuel Okorafor brought to the table that Churchill brings to the table even, even more so is the rebounding ability. And that's something that Louisville lacked so much last year was, uh, j- just giving up so many offensive boards and, and those second chance opportunities are just killer. And in AC, you know, ACC stretches can be, as we know, just brutal. You know, you can play North Carolina and Duke as, as Louisville did two seasons ago uh, on, on a Saturday night, Monday night, right? Like you might have, you know, less than 48, you know, maybe 42 hours to prepare for, for Duke after North Carolina, or you might have, uh, you know, Virginia and, and Wake Forest back-to-back, which is no cakewalk, you know, like there, there, there are so many challenges that an ACC schedule pre- presents having off rebounding nights and having nights where you just don't bring it 100% or don't hustle 100%. That's what gets coaches fired. And I think that's why Kenny Payne is going after guys like Churchill Abbas because yeah, this is a guy that that's still incredibly raw, but there's so much potential there. Another guy at a similar position, that, that everybody cannot stop talking about in the city of Louisville right now is Mackenzie Mbacco. Mackenzie Mbacco. Is it Mbacco? Mbacco? I guess it's Mbacco. I think it's Mbacco. Mbacco. I heard, I heard Mark Lieberman say Mbacco, and I trust what he says for whatever reason. I don't know. Somebody with the last name Lieberman is probably pretty good at pronouncing other people's yeah. last names, so I get it. And our last yeah. names are Thomas and Meyer, so we don't know jack shit, Alan. Um, so, so McKenzie and Baco, that's, that's what I'm going to call him and Baco until somebody tells me otherwise. There you so go. McKenzie has been a long time commit to Duke. He actually committed, I believe towards the end of his junior year. Uh, he was their best player uh, coming in this season, but all of a sudden, uh, as things tend to do these days, things change very quickly when Kyle Filipowski, a guy who is probably a first round draft pick decides that he's returning to Duke, uh, Kyle Filipowski plays McKenzie and Baco's position. Uh, w- with that in mind, and Baco decommits, and all of a sudden, immediately the conversation turns to Louisville's the favorite to win um, McKenzie and Baco. A huge reason for that, obviously, as we know, uh, Nolan Smith is is was a major influence in getting McKenzie to to go to Duke, and so people are starting to draw connections. Uh, we're hearing that there's a legitimate chance that that Louisville ends up with with Mbako. Uh, what, what's your take on a guy like this, uh, and how much can can uh, a guy like McKenzie and Baco ultimately impact a team like, like Louisville's putting together next season. No shade on anybody that might be coming in or, or anybody that uh, is on the roster right now. But I mean, to me, I mean, guys, a day one starter, that's not, again, that's not to, to shade anybody that plays his position or around his position. I don't even know how, I mean, Kenny might just have him on the floor. He's a guy that you want on the floor. He's such a great shooter for a young kid. He would immediately be one of the better, if not the best shooter on the team. And and, and I say that, you know, this is a kid that hasn't transitioned to college, but he's one of those guys. We talked about this before, like Trenton Flowers, who's already built like a college kid. And that, that's how they're coming out now. That's how they're coming out of high school. Um, Louisville's got a local kid uh, at Trinity that's going to be like that, Jaden Johnson, I believe. Caleb Glenn's like that, you know, like the, the Louisville commit. So, but 
as as far as as far as his recruitment, most guys that this is before the transfer portal married the NIL bags, right? Most guys would just go straight to, you know, the guy that was recruiting them the hardest or the reason that they came to the school they went to. In this case, it would be Nolan Smith and, and Duke. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be distractions along the way. I know today I saw something is it today or yesterday about he was going to visit St. John's and uh, Rick Patino. I know Rick's armed with, you know, a lot of NIL money up there. I know he's got I'm not exactly sure. I've just heard this. I really don't know anything about his situation. Uh, I've read a couple things and j- just, you know, here and there just or, or whatever. But me personally, I'm, I'm not I'm not worried uh, about a a detour from Louisville just because I think the familiarity there. I know that he likes the staff. I know he wants to play this style of ball. I'm going to I'm going to use the most Caucasian comparison of all time right now. But I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. so. Frodo, this is, and I, I was thinking about this earlier, and that's, and this, it's the best comparison to me. Frodo gets all the way to the end. He's had this ring, right? Along the way, the ring, it can, it can sway him to do things. It can, it can over, you know, possess him in certain ways. And not saying that what Mbaku could do would be evil or anything like that, but it could possess him to do evil or things that you don't want him to do. And all that the staff needs him to do, because once you, a kid tells you, yeah, yeah, I want to play for you, then you're like, you're reaching out to him every single day, re-recruiting him every day until he signs. Not not until he commits, but until even after he commits, it's like, whew, okay. But then you got a really full court press, and you've got you make him even more comfortable. So this kid has not committed at all. We can say that he went to the school, committed to the school, signed with the school that uh, one of you know that Nolan Smith was at. We do know that much. So we and we know for the majority, the reason of him going was his relationship with Nolan Smith. Now. When Nolan came to Louisville, I'm sure that he kind of side-eyed a little bit like, eh, maybe, you know, but coming into this situation, maybe he thought the best thing for him was to stay at Duke. Now, like I said, he's basically Frodo and he's standing over in the movie or the book, whatever. Frodo has this ring just for anybody that hasn't seen or whatever. He gets all the way to the end. All he has to do is throw the ring in there and everything's going to be fine, right? All he has to do is drop that ring in there, but he doesn't want to like there's 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 things about that ring that he loves a lot. And so, but he knows the right thing to do is just throw it in there. And again, this isn't to say Louisville's right and everybody else is wrong, but that's all we need him. That's all we need Mbaku to do is to throw that ring in there. Um, I understand. I saw something today and God, forgive me. I don't know where I saw this or saw. I've read a lot about this kid, but somewhere I saw that he wanted to enjoy the recruitment process, the recruiting, because he didn't really get one. And I think that's awesome. You know, I think that's like that for me was like a reprieve from the BS that I'm starting to think more and more about the transfer portal and NIL and like all the correct. It's not corruption, but that's where my mind like my old brain takes me. But to hear something like that was pretty cool and refreshing to be like, okay. unfortunately, it was a visit which is close to his home to a to a guy that, you know, like I said, is swimming in, in NIL money out there and a great coach that we know and love, Rick Patino. So I think, it, I think it's obvious to everybody that would be the literally the only thing, in my opinion, uh, in my observation, the only thing to keep him away from Louisville would be just, you know, a big stack of bags and just with a big shiny light on them. Like, here it is, buddy. You want, you know, is are these bags bigger and and I have no idea what St. John's is doing. I'm, I don't even know that they're offering money, but it just sounds like that there's going to be some money along the way. And 
is Louisville's NIL collective, are, are we up to the task? You know what I mean? And because uh, I, I think everything else is in place to be up to the task. I just wonder if that's going to be a deterrent. Uh, and I wonder if Roto, well, McKenzie in this situation can throw that ring in there. That's that's all I'm wondering. That's such a perfect analogy. And as, as a fellow Caucasian myself, I would 100% love that analogy. Look, he, here's my opinion on, on Mbako, and this might come back to bite me, but Rick Patino has very rarely, if ever, beat Kenny Payne out for a recruit. I'm not sure why he's going to start now. Now, I will say Mbako is a guy who has an incredible head on his shoulders. Seems like a guy who's incredibly intelligent, a well-rounded human being, great, great grades, all that stuff. St. John's is an excellent school to go to. Rick Patino's won three national championships at three different schools. There are three Final Fours with three different schools. Uh, and, and so, and won two national championships. So, he has that going for him as well. Uh, but I'm not incredibly worried, necessarily. I think what I'd be worried about, like you said, Alan, is in this day and age, you know, there's a price for everyone. Uh, and so, can Louisville match that price? As of right now, I, I can't imagine him going anywhere else. But but I, I think that, you know, I, I think that it just he'd have to find the perfect fit and until he signs and until he's got that Louisville jersey on, then I'll, I'll have a little bit of worry. But as of right now, I think Mbako and Churchill Bass are both takes. Like, I think those are those are guys that can both have a significant impact on this team next year. Absolutely. One more guy before we get you out of here, Alan. Uh, Tyler Perry is, is a guy that a lot of people have been talking about, uh, not only because of his wonderful uh, movies where he he uh, dresses up as an old woman, but also because he is a college basketball player from North Texas who has had a phenomenal career and is has at least a little bit of uh, conversation so far with, with Louisville. Do you know anything about where, where Louisville stands with him? And, and do you think that that's the kind of guy that the card should be going after? Or do you, do you think that this is a guy that, that Louisville's kind of backing off on? I, I don't know what his objective is at all. I, I don't. I know he's a good shooter and things like that. I know, but also know he's five eleven. I just can't like. I know Kenny wants he wants Trenton Flowers to play the guard. I've heard rumblings that he wants Carter. He would want Carter Bryant to play guard eventually. And Carter Bryant's not listed as a guard and doesn't really play. He, maybe he has throughout the season. I don't know. I, I haven't watched too much of his tape, admittedly. But a, a name that kind of I, I think everybody should be looking at and I, I don't know anything about the situation but I'm just I, I'm looking at it pretty pretty hard as RJ Luis I think is his name out of UMass he only started 10 games but if but he's he's a six foot seven guard pretty good shooter 45 from the field and he's actually in the transfer portal he's actually ranked higher than Tyler Perry could be because he's eight inches taller I have no idea um Tyler Perry's a dynamic dude though I mean we all know he's, he's a game changer so I, I I think like for me my my lighthouse beacon is is kind of more on rj Lewis because i think you know perry's visiting alabama i think he's visiting somewhere else until we, we land on one of those lists with these for these guys that we're not familiar with yet for a visit I, i'm not gonna you know put too much stock into i mean he'd be great to have and and they may have something other up their sleeve i have no idea maybe they're trying to get both of them i really have no idea it, it's i think it's a big question mark it's very exciting if, if you look at the positions that we're looking at like churchill abbas or Mbaku and uh you know perry or Luis, and we have three spots left and they're talking about getting one or two more guards i mean one would think and then the possibility of Carter Bryant reclassing, I heard that possibility. It's just like one of those things, like, is Kenny saying, like, well, hey, Carter, like, come on down. Like, Trenton's, Trenton's reclassing. He's going to play guard for me. 
he's six foot eight. You know, like is is that the sell? Like, I don't know what Kenny. I, I don't know what the sell. What what you know they're enticing these guys with, but I think it's pretty exciting. I mean, I don't think there's any way you walk away with less than two guys that we've talked about tonight. You know what I mean? That's just me. At least the one that we've harped on a little bit. I think you know. I think we both together feel pretty comfortable about him. Yep, I, I absolutely agree. It's going to be fascinating just to see how things change and the ebbs and flows of, of these recruitments because, you know, by tomorrow morning uh, when this podcast is out and everybody's listening, things could be completely different. <laughs> and and that, that's what I love about it, right? Like, I just love following it. I love, like, I love just envisioning what what this this team could shape into. I'm sure it's making coaches pull their hair out, but as, as we see uh, coaches start to form and shape around the the new standards of college basketball uh we're gonna see uh things be regulated a little bit more we're gonna see this just become the new norm and it'll just be kind of it'll be like college basketball free agency in a sense uh which if when coaches treat it the right the right way i think it can be really fun to watch and follow as a fan Uh, alan thank you so much for your time i really appreciate you coming on uh if you don't follow him already a card but card underscore in al is that right i don't remember i had to change it like last year yeah yeah so it's alan thomas in his card i believe it's card in underscore al one of the two i I don't Uh, know you'll find him on there please check out his work at t-shirt hooligan as well he puts in a lot of time and effort into that uh, has some really cool stuff and and really on the forefront of the nil game which i love you know that's what we're all about here uh, at state of louisville when we come back we are going to talk a little bit about Kenny Payne, the way that he's recruiting versus the way that the modern day standard is, which is, is completely different. So stay tuned. I'm going to get into that a lot more on the other side. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Starting 502 podcast. Thank you, as always, to Alan Thomas for jumping on. One thing that we wanted to get into is just the overall roster construct of what Kenny Payne and his staff are establishing uh, versus what the modern day norm is. And now, as Louisville basketball fans, uh, the transfer portal and, and the way that, that things are operating are just completely foreign to us anyways, because I think uh, in the Denny Crum and the Rick Bettino eras, and to an extent in the Chris Mack era, when you're thinking about transfers, you're thinking about either a sit-out transfer or, transfer or a grad transfer. Chris Mack especially did a good job to supplement rosters uh, with solid grad transfer pieces, and, and even sometimes in the case of like a Carly Jones, or going back to Rick Bettino in the case of like a Damian Lee uh, actually placing another team's best player on your roster and him instantly becoming a star player in the ACC. So when we talk about transfers, that's what we're used to. When 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 we see that Louisville um, or, or any team uh, across the NCAA is constructing a roster almost entirely of transfers, we kind of have to uh, reestablish our footing, you know, kind of figure out what what is successful in college basketball now and, and compare that to to what Louisville is trying to do. And, and, and I will say, not necessarily that this is negative, but but Kenny Payne's approach to the transfer portal versus bringing in 
younger players is vastly different than some of the more successful teams over the last couple of years. Now, this year we saw a number of teams like a Kansas State, like a Texas, like a UConn, like a Miami, uh, that were constructed almost exclusively of players from the transfer portal. Uh, and, and that's something that's key to watch because you look at a team like in Arkansas, Zuri, Indiana, Florida, uh, Wake Forest. You know, Wake Forest is probably a great example. Uh, Steve Forbes, Wake Forest head coach, actually pretty much constructed a roster in his first season of almost exclusively transfers. And they were extremely successful in his first season. Uh, and he kind of dipped back into that well again last year. Uh, but, but what you're seeing here is that a lot of these more successful teams are aging up. Uh, and that's what coaches use the, the transfer portal as an opportunity to do. Players come in, show that they're successful at, at different schools, realize that they could have a better opportunity financially, uh, closer to home, uh, playing time-wise, fit-wise, whatever the case might be, and then they transfer out uh, to these other schools. Some would argue that it's a case of the rich get richer, but really th this year was indicative of, of a bit more parity in, in college basketball. I mean, you had uh, Florida Atlantic and Miami in, in the Final Four this year. Uh, you had three first-time teams in the Final Four, uh, and some of the darlings of the NCAA tournament this season were teams constructed um, almost exclusively of transfers. So it seems like this is the way of, of the future for a lot of these these coaching staffs. But but then when you look at Louisville's roster construct, uh, instead of aging up, uh, it, it, it seems like the coaching staff is aging things down. Now, we do have three scholarships left open, but I mean, when when you look at the writing on the wall, as Alan and I talked about, Louisville's you know going hard after Mackenzie Mbako, who is an 18-year-old uh, true freshman. Churchill Abbas would be a true freshman. You know, the the really the only players that we talked about that wouldn't be are Tyler Perry and R.J. Luis. Even R.J. Luis is is in a similar situation to a Sky Clark, where he's only played uh, one freshman season. Uh, so when you look at Louisville's roster as constructed, your two quote-unquote most experienced players right now are J.J. Trainer, uh, who's going to be a senior and Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who would be a junior. Uh, after that, your most experienced player is Mike James, and then Sky Clark uh, has played 13 games at the college level. So you're looking at a vastly different approach uh, to constructing a roster. This is all to say that that doesn't mean that it's the wrong approach, right? I, I think that any solid team over the past decade plus has had a combination of talented youth and experienced depth. Uh, and, and so what that means for Louisville um, is you, you are bringing a Sky Clark, Karan Davis, Dennis Evans, Trenton Flowers, Caleb Glenn, Curtis Williams, uh, and then you're going to try to supplement those pieces with solid, experienced depth. Uh, so to me, it's crucial that you get a guy like a Tyler Perry to pair with you know the Brandon Hunt, Huntley Hatfield and J.J. Trainer on this team so that you have an experienced player at each position, a guy who knows what it takes day in and day out. Uh, but but it, it's very apparent that the staff is trying to go after extremely just wrong, young, raw, talented players, and not necessarily raw. I think that might be the, not, that might not be the best way to describe it. I think you know they're they're going after players that have talent, size, length. I mean, when you look across this recruiting class, uh, you know you're bringing in guards that that are six three and six seven. You're bringing in a big man that that's standing seven two or seven one or seven two, right? Trenton Flowers is 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 a guard forward combo who's six eight or six nine. You know. Caleb Glenn, Curtis Williams are both 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, so, so really, you're looking at a roster where uh, it could potentially not have a player under 6'3, which is something that the Louisville fans are just not used to. We're used to having extremely small on-the-ball on, on the ball guards. So it'll be an interesting change of pace 
uh, to see exactly what that looks like. The staff is basically saying that they know that they can bring in players with talent and size uh, that can contribute right away, and they're going to have absolutely uh, every chance to do so. But when you look across this roster, you know it, it has talent, uh, the likes of, of uh, something that, that Louisville has never seen before, especially if Louisville is to land Mackenzie Mbako. So Mbako would be one of the highest-rated players that Louisville has ever landed. Uh, you look at Trenton Flowers, again, considered a, a first-round draft pick, even after reclassifying this year. Uh, Dennis Evans is is a fringe five star center uh, who's you know a shot blocking specialist with you know a, a massive wingspan. He can basically almost touch the rim uh, just standing flat footed. And then you have players like Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams who, in my opinion, are being completely overlooked. You know Caleb Glenn, uh, a local product who transferred to La Lumiere uh, in Indianapolis and didn't necessarily get as many as many touches as as he did at Louisville Mail, but made absolutely the most of his opportunity and was playing against uh, some of the best competition in the country day in and day out. That's a guy that looks like he's co- he looked like he was college ready his sophomore year of high school, just kind of a freak of nature. So uh, I think that, that people are overlooking a bit Caleb Glenn. And then Curtis Williams, again, is a guy that it, it seems like the staff is going to give him an opportunity to play a two, three combo uh, type of position. So that'll be fascinating to see, you know, who kind of gets those minutes between Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams, but uh, when, when you look at this roster, those are two of your kind of developmental depth pieces. And then Karan Davis, who was actually just recently named uh, a California JUCO All-American. Now, you know, I, I'd be probably one of the last people to to be touting uh, California JUCO basketball, but but the stats are there to, to back up the fact that Karan Davis is, is a bucket getter, and he is a guy with, with the size to be a real problem as a guard in the ACC. And if that's a guy that can sup- that can supplement as a depth piece whenever Sky Clark isn't in, and, and, and kind of learn, you know, behind Sky Clark or uh, behind a Mike James and a, and a Hersey Miller, uh, then yeah, you know, Karan Davis has potential to be a solid depth piece playing 10 to 12 minutes a game. I absolutely believe that. So, and it seems like the staff is really high on his athleticism and, you know, it, it's, it's become very uh, popular locally to kind of shit on Karan Davis because, you know, he's a relative unknown uh, Juco prospect. But Davis averaged 23.8 points, 6.7 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 1.4 steals, shot 48% from the field, 33% from three, 81% from the line. Uh, th- those are solid numbers no matter what level of college you play at. Uh, and, and additionally, uh, he also played a year in Texas Juco uh, where he averaged 15.7 points, 6.6 rebounds. Uh, he was a second-team all-region type of player there. Uh, so... so this is a guy who has enough experience to come in and at least contribute in the in the way that maybe a Hersey Miller did last season. And I think that's all that Louisville should be expecting from him, uh, given the fact that you have a Sky Clark, given the fact that you uh, have a returnee that, that could be a blossoming star, and Mike James, given the fact that you're probably going to see Trenton Flowers and Curtis Williams playing a lot at the two and three. I think that Karan Davis is the perfect supplemental piece, especially if you believe what, what a lot of people are reporting now, that Louisville's probably going to add two more guards to this roster. Uh, so w- with all of that in mind, I think that Louisville has really set, it set itself up well here uh, with giving itself opportunities to, to prove that the staff can develop and, and place young talent in the right places. Uh, and I think that the last thing that the staff is looking for as well are, are players who are just willing to to put in the work and get to the next level, right? Like they want guys who are young and hungry and eager to prove themselves at the ACC level. 
Obviously, it's it's an, a tremendous accomplishment if you have three or four guys that are one and done or two and done, right? Uh, but but that's what the staff is trying to accomplish this season. You know, they want a Trenton Flowers to become a first round draft pick because if that's the case, then he will have had probably a sensational season with Louisville. You know, they wanted Dennis Evans to become a first round draft pick because that means that you know you have a, a decently raw seven two center uh, with with a lot of uh, intangibles come in. And, and probably be pretty dominant at the ACC level. You know, they, they want a guy like a McKenzie Imbaco to come in and, you know, prove that he is a top five type of player and that he can come in and be an NBA uh, lottery pick, right? Like, that's what the staff is, is hoping to prove this season because if they can do that, then they can continue to churn out uh, some of these, you know, high-level prospects. And I think that's kind of the, the route that the staff is going. And, and they, they want guys who are going to be hungry and eager to do so. I think last season, the qualm that Kenny Payne not so quietly had with a lot of the players on the roster was that, you know, those players felt that they had a ceiling, that they had limitations. And so they didn't do enough to try to bolster their resume, to try to prove uh, that they were better players than they actually were. And you are seeing now, like we talked about tonight, you know, when when the staff asked a, a few players to, to take different roles, uh, they ultimately hit the transfer portal. So I think that should tell you a lot about what you need to know about this, this, the mentality of last year's Louisville team. And that's why, you know, you only have uh, just a handful of players remaining. The last thing I wanted to talk about is, is that there are a few rumors out there uh, that, that Louisville could be looking to potentially add four players. Uh, and with, with that in mind, that would mean that one other player would have to drop off the roster. Now, again, these are not, con- this is not anything confirmed. This is more just hearsay that, you know, it sounds like if they have the opportunity, the staff would really like to add uh, two forwards and McKenzie and Baco in Churchill at Bass. But the staff also needs to add two guards probably to this roster, right? And so with that in mind, uh, Louisville only has 13 scholarship spots with 10 guys in theory taking up those spots right now. If you don't include Hersey Miller as a scholarship guard this season, which all indications are that, that Miller remains on the roster, but as a walk-on. Uh, this is a guy who's the son of Master P and has a $500,000 a year uh, NIL deal. So I think that he was comfortable taking that position as well. But that kind of begs the question, right? What is the roster construct? Uh, what what happens to free up that extra scholarship if that is the case? So basically, you're looking at just a couple of options, really. Everybody has said that they're coming back 100%, uh, except for Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Uh, but with that being said, I don't think that Brandon Huntley Hatfield would be a guy uh, he would transfer away because he just transferred in from Tennessee, meaning that he u- utilized his one-time transfer. Uh, a lot of players are eligible for wa- waivers. If they just apply, they can just they can ultimately transfer again. But I think that Brandon Huntley Hatfield has a good situation here, and I, I don't see him leaving. Uh, the other one would be J.J. Trainer, a guy who uh, has been really solid with, with each staff that's come through and really committed to, to this Louisville roster. But I'm wondering if maybe there's a situation where another guy kind of pulls like a Kyle, Kyle Keurig or what Hersey Miller is doing right now. And that's, you know, just ultimately taking a, taking a uh, academic scholarship of, or something of that nature to free up another athletic scholarship. So that's something to keep in mind as we're moving forward. As you're looking at the construct of this roster, don't rule it out quite yet that there won't be four additions instead of three. Uh, and don't rule it out that Louisville might still be adding two guards and two forwards. Uh, so that's something to consider as well. You know, with three scholarships open, the roster as constructed, I personally don't believe is an NCAA tournament roster. 
I think that they need to add a few pieces. I think they need to add a little bit of rebounding to this to this roster, uh, and they need to bolster this roster with ball handling and shooting. Uh, they have players who can rebound. They have players who can handle the ball. They have players who can shoot the ball and who can improve. You know, it's, this isn't a, uh, a linear situation. You know, but things things can absolutely improve uh, for each player on this roster, and that should be our hope. Our hope that that happens, but. Uh, as of right now, as things stand, I don't think this is an NCAA tournament roster. But if Louisville plays its cards right and adds the correct pieces, all of a sudden this goes from a, a team that you know we're kind of hoping gets to 500 to a team that uh, could be a legitimate contender in the ACC. Uh, so that's why these next few moves are so crucial, and why we have to remain patient as the staff is trying to uh, you know establish the best possible roster uh, for this team. Uh, but going forward. You know, as Alan and I mentioned previously, things can change in a hurry. You know, by the time you listen to this, a player that we mentioned might have already, you know, uh, things might have changed. They might have been, you know, offered a, a new NIL deal from a different school or, you know, they might, might have made a decision that Louisville wasn't the right place for them or a player that we didn't expect could have entered the transfer portal or, you know, uh, it seems like a lot of recruits are, are getting out of their, their commitments to their previous schools. So a lot to look out for. Uh, But until next time, Starting 502 Podcast, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Starting 5, F-I-V-E, the number zero, the number two. Follow me on Twitter at Press Meyer. And please make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the state of Lou. We do have fresh content coming out all the time, including LNM Eats with Luke Burgess and Madden Sanker. Uh, Until next time, Starting 502 Podcast, let's get out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.